Coming up on Tech News Today, Amazon starts a Mac store. Say goodbye to purchase privacy, also known as Google Wallet. And Senator Wyden stands up for net freedom. All that in Zuckerberg hunting his food. Next. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Thursday, May 26, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Aya Zaktar. And I'm Jason Howell. And we are pleased to be joined today by Peter Cohen, executive editor of The Loop and co-host of Angry Mac Bastards. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Hey, Peter. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we, we should thank uh, P. Delahanty in the chat room. Who made the introduction. And he said, went on, on Twitter and said, hey, Flarg, which is Peter's uh, Twitter, you should be on Tech News Today. And uh, Peter said, Peter said, what they, the heck is that? If you tell me what that is, I'll invest. <laughs> no, he said, if they'll, if they'll have me, I'll be on. And I said, we'll totally have you on. And then Jason booked him. And here we are today. Wonderful. That was a happy ending. That's the end of the show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, uh, let's start with the Amazon Mac App Store, but Mac, it's Mac Downloads. It's not. They very carefully did not just decide to raise the ire of Apple even farther by calling this one an App Store. Uh, but it's a section of Amazon where you can download around 250 titles uh, of software for OS 10, including Microsoft Office. Now they're calling it. Yeah, which. Which ahead, you can't Peter. get from the Mac App Store. You is that right? You cannot get that in the official Mac App Store. That's right. No, no, no. This is interesting. They're filling out a part of the ecosystem that hasn't existed yet. So this is cool stuff. Well, well I bet Apple doesn't think it's all that cool. I bet they're mad. I mean, they're calling it the Mac Download Store from within <sighs> Amazon. So it's like, what else could they call it? I mean, that's the most literal interpretation of what they're doing no. is possible. But I, I can still see Apple being like, that's not, you said Mac. Well, there's a huge oh. difference here. I mean, first, it's not a mm -hmm. piece of software, right? It's on a browser, so you can download the stuff. It's like one marketplace for all these things. You could download a lot of these things elsewhere. Uh, the big thing I think Apple would be really angry about is not getting their cut. I mean, the App Store, they actually get, what, 30%, I think, on, on all the software that's there. I don't know what kind of deals Amazon has with Microsoft. Be like, oh, yeah, we'll have your stuff. We'll host your, your, your programs. Is Apple getting 30% on apps in the Mac App Store? I think so. Okay. Of course, yeah, it's the same cut that they get in the iOS store. But here's the interesting thing. Apple went into the Mac App Store announcing, they said up front, when they announced the Mac App Store, listen, we're, we're not trying to make this an exclusive way for people to get software. We realize that there's a, 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 an existing ecosystem, you know, for, for, for doing this, and we're not trying to replace it. So I, I don't think that we're going to see any kind of repercussions or consequences from Apple on this one. You know, they, they, they don't, they, I don't think they're going to be fighting. Uh, with Amazon over use of the word Mac is my point. I looked at this as a big yawn until I, as pointed out, 
that Amazon is doing the same thing with this that they do with a lot of other things you buy, like videos from them, that they back them up in a library and you can re-download them later without paying for them again. Yes, there's no need to like order the CD or, or DVD or any of that stuff because you have a, not a cloud locker, but you, you have the ability to keep re-downloading and they're keeping track of what you have. So, I mean, they, uh, hopefully you'll be able to see when things get updated and that kind of thing uh, with their, their backup service. Now, Ayaz, you know that the Mac App Store works the exact same way, right? You can re-download on um, uh, uh, anything that you've downloaded. The, the other interesting thing is there's not really a lot of copy protection. So as long as you've got, uh, you know, machine authorized to do it, uh, you can download it. And Apple's got it set up for uh, or set up integrated with their, their fair play framework. So it's home sharing, essentially, in terms of license. You know, it's anybody who's got access to the Mac App Store using uh, Apple standard credentials can go in, download the stuff. So there's there's a lot of uh, equality. There's a lot of balance, I guess, in terms of the consumer proposition between the Mac App Store and the Amazon. Yeah, but the uh, Mac App Store only runs on Snow Leopard and higher. So if you have an older Mac... You now have this one central repository uh, at Amazon yeah. you could use, mm, unless point. you want to upgrade, which, I mean, it's like a $30 upgrade, so it's up to you if you want to do that. But I know I have a Mac at home that's pretty old, and I haven't upgraded at all because I was afraid it was going to break everything. So mm -hmm. I, I might, I'm more likely to use something like Amazon because I don't need to have compatible software to run the app market. Well, then there's just the Amazon people. We talk about them all the time. People who love Amazon, want to stay within Amazon, trust Amazon to buy things from. Ayaz, you're laughing, but they're out there. No, I'm just thinking of... of, of they're called Amazonians. Right. That's right. Yeah. They're very <laughs> exactly. tall, and they buy a lot of things. Yeah, sometimes I get mental pictures. So I just like... <laughs> I just think of the if Amazon were, people running around. If only there were a, a, an easy dongle to take those mental pictures and put them up on screen. Uh, that would be horrible. <laughs> We have to you know, stop. You have but to we get more video viewers, I think. Yeah, we might. You have to be very careful when you use the, the words dongle and, you know, mental image together in a sentence. And, like, and you know, No, that, <laughs> all and three of those words. Is, yeah. How about that Google? Take great care. Uh, yes, let's move on to the Google Wallet and Google Offers announcement from this morning. Uh, Google announcing that they are going to have a near-field communication payment system uh, in the field testing today and hopefully available for widespread use by summer uh, so that if you are an Android user on Sprint who uses MasterCard, you won't even need to think about the ISIS <laughs> near-field communication setup because that, that's who they're partnering with. Just Sprint? Only Just Sprint, Sprint users? So this is a big deal in theory, but in practice, only a few people are going to benefit. Yeah, and the reason for that is ISIS is another near-field communication payment system set up by AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. So Sprint is the one left out in the cold. Google was able to get them to partner. Uh, Visa probably is, is in cahoots with ISIS as well. Uh, so MasterCard, they kind of got the, uh, you know, the, the second-place people in, in all of this stuff to put this together, but the difference is ISIS is merely a concept. They they were able to demonstrate this in action today, and it's pretty nice. You've got an, you've got a phone that's capable. You walk into a store, you launch the app. Actually, you can you can use Google Offers, which is their Groupon that they announced at the same time, to get mm -hmm. a discount coupon. Then use that coupon at the register. Once you've downloaded that coupon, you go by. They they showed some like denim shorts. Or something as the yeah. uh, as the purchase item. Well, you know, you, it's summer and all. You buy your denim shorts at the American Eagle. You wave with your NFC. It it makes the payment and it gives the discount. And if you have a loyalty card, it adds your loyalty points. That is all taking place wirelessly 
Uh, so you don't have to pull out a card. And you can even use multiple cards. It's not just a MasterCard. You can also use a uh, what they call a G card uh, to load up with cash. So if you say, you know what, I don't, I don't have a credit card, I don't want a credit card, you can have sort of a, a prepaid card, if you will, to load up your, your Google wallet with cash. And they have some really big partners. They have American Eagle, Subway, Macy's. I think we saw the Container Peace. Store. Yeah. Toys R Us. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of big companies out there backing what Google's going to do. I mean, just because they're starting with Sprint doesn't mean that. I mean, that could almost be used as a pilot program. If Sprint right. works well, sure, they'll roll it out elsewhere. I mean, it's only a couple of phones that can take advantage of this uh, when this officially rolls out. Uh, I was, I was interested because I wanted to see how this compares to what they do in South Korea. They have NFC, and they've been doing that for years now, but they have one standard, though. They have, it's all, I think, something called team money, if I looked it up. And uh, this, this thing with Google introducing NFC, the question is, are we going to have incompatibility in the future? Are we going to have these giant uh, NFC readers over the uh, credit card machines in our stores? Like that kind of thing. Well, that's, it's going to be like Visa and MasterCard, right? Not every payment system is going to work every place you go. Uh, and, you, and, you're, and unlike Visa and MasterCard, you can't just easily carry two cards. You're going to have a system. You're going to have a Sprint phone or an AT&T phone, and you're going to be locked out of using near-field communication unless they get everybody on the same page. And that's where the fact that this is an open platform. Uh, Google said, look, anybody can use this. So if AT&T decides tomorrow that they're going to give up on ISIS and switch to Google, they can. They don't have to negotiate a separate agreement. Well, that's the whole idea calling it Google Wallet. You know, at first I was like, so it's like a credit card, but they're calling it Google Wallet. That's sort of weird. But it really is like a wallet where you could enter in several different cards, depending on where you are and what you want to buy. It's like a little digital wallet from within that apparently is supposed to be more secure for anybody who's like, gosh, I really have a problem entering this information and then just carrying it around in my phone. Doesn't that seem insecure? I guess at least in, in Google's eyes, it's more secure because you can lock the screen, you have to use a pin, and the full card number is never actually seen. So if somebody were to, you know, be looking over your shoulder, for example, it's not as if they're coming up behind you at the ATM machine. They can't actually write down your number. Also, the card data is only stored in the NXP PN65 near-field communication chip, which they claim is not only tamper, but also laser resistant. Wow. So, you know, if, when you're in that laser battle, yeah, you won't it, have to worry. Yeah, I mean, you might get a, lose an arm, but they <laughs> but won't you get won't your credit card information. Your credit card number. Uh, what about the privacy implications of this, though? I mean, remember, this is Google. And the reason they're doing this is not just because they want to take a cut of every transaction, but they want to develop a profile of, of shopping information. Well, if they have Google offers, I might as well get targeted ads that I want to see. I mean, on the plus side, I know, I know a lot of people hate advertising, but at least in Gmail, right, I, there's that little advertising thing on the top, the little bar. And I see that often. I'm like, well, you know what? That's actually relevant. I know it's reading my emails. It makes me feel a little off about hey, that. But at, at least as, you, long, as long as you're going into it eyes wide open and you realize that you're the product that's being, you know, transacted here then good you know just just be aware of, of 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 what it means to be google's customer you know in that sense i agree and i but i on the on the other side of that i want a very clear delineation of what they're going to do with my shopping data how long they're going to keep it uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure they're going to have some sort of policy about that. Google always does. Uh, but I don't want to have some nasty surprise pop up later, which Google also always does. Like, oh, yeah, your buzz data was going there. Oh, right. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't realize that we were collecting that part of the, uh, the Wi-Fi packet. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant until I find out a lot more about what they promise to do with the data to, to use it. 
Yeah, I'd like to know too, Google offers. I mean, let's say that you have in person gone into a certain Macy's store. I mean, it's not the same thing as browsing Macy's online. I mean, you're physically going to a location. Do your Google offers change because they know that you've gone there three times in one week rather than just once? It's, it, yeah, it'll be interesting. It to actually see could how it be unfolds. good at stopping those people who always game the system. You know, by by stealing coupons or you didn't or buy try, anything. Trying to re <laughs> return stuff that they they you just walked in. Yeah, well, I'd like to return this like, dress. It's like being on Amazon.com. You know, I mean, if 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 you were to extrapolate a, a, a personality profile of me based on what I get from Amazon.com, you'd find that that I'm really into um, racy women's underwear, uh, Japanese manga. And um, skincare products, of course. You know, which would be accurate in terms of what I buy, but not exactly a complete, you know, profile of my personality. Yeah, but think of the data data mining implications. Oh, of course. You know, you've got to be mindful of it, but that's the world that we live in. You know, privacy is an illusion. Now, the other thing they're uh, talking about is is being able to have this uh, available as a sticker, an NFC sticker, which would make it easier to deploy on uh, participating phones you wouldn't necessarily even have to buy a new device uh, if your carrier participates so a lot, lot of lot of interesting things in this uh, it is both good in that hey it's it's the best uh, and the first working United States of America NFC payment system uh, yet it's also Google getting another piece of my life that they're going to store on their servers exactly Microsoft's Steve Ballmer comes under fire from David Einhorn, he is the president of Greenlight Capital Hedge Fund, and he was speaking at the annual Irisone Investment Research Conference in New York on Wednesday. Uh, said Microsoft's nine-person board, or he, he said, uh, it's time for Microsoft's board to tell Steve Ballmer, all right, we see what you can do. Let's give so-and-so a chance. Uh, he says Ballmer's problem is that he's stuck in the past. He's allowed competitors to beat Microsoft in huge areas, including search, mobile communication software, tablet computing, and social networking. Einhorn owns about 0.11% uh, of the outstanding shares of Microsoft, 9 million shares. He called Ballmer Charlie Brown management. Well, but, I mean, so let's think about this. So Greenlight Capital, his hedge fund, recently bought... Uh, I don't know if they recently bought all 9 million at once, but they recently got up to 9 million shares. And now he's complaining that the CEO isn't the best CEO. I mean, if he really feels that way and that the stock is undervalued, then this would be a great time to speak up because now he has a bunch of undervalued stock that, right. that, that he hopes will will raise a bit and then he can sell. So he he has an incentive. And he talked about how undervalued the stock was and how awesome uh, Microsoft is as a buy at the same time that he's making these attention-getting comments about Steve Ballmer. And would you look at that? Microsoft stock rose 2%. Exactly. Over well, in the Ballmer's been of the in charge day. for 10, like, since 2000. So if you take a look at the stats, I mean, the stock's only split like once since then. Before then, it was splitting a lot. Uh, I think it was a two-for-one split somewhere in 2002. Uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong about that. And uh, it, it's been a really safe pick, right? Microsoft stock isn't like Apple where you see it going into like the hundreds of dollars. It's been at $40, $20, something like that every now and then. So, I mean, obviously, it, you got to go to the CEO. you got to go, who's in charge? Balmer's been in charge for a long time. I could see why he's saying this. Of course, I mean, if, if his stock portfolio does better, he's going to make some money. Microsoft's board, uh, including chairman and co-founder Bill Gates, reportedly told Reuters uh, that they support Ballmer and, uh, and 
they have no other qualms about him. So there, there's no there's no indication that Microsoft's board wants to get rid of Steve Ballmer. But this is another in in a series of little stories that indicate that not everybody is pleased with the CEO. Very true. Let's take a quick break and uh, thank our sponsor, FreshBooks. If you've got online invoicing to do, uh, you might want to try them out. It's an easy way to invoice. And, and you might think invoicing is hard because it is. It's usually a pain in the ass. Uh, FreshBooks allows you to quickly and easily create and send professional-looking invoices. You can upload your company logo to appear on an invoice, giving them a professional look. Uh, email goes out by FreshBooks. They look at the date that your invoice is due. They'll follow up with past due dates for you if that's the case. They'll accept the payments. They accept 11 different credit card payments. They'll even, for a little extra charge, print up an invoice and mail it out. If you've got any old-fashioned clients who are like, I don't take email invoices. I've got to have it printed out. Uh, you get three clients for free, so there's no reason not to try it out. Next time you need to invoice, go to FreshBooks.com, start up a client, send them an invoice, see how you like it. I use it, and uh, it, it is really simplified things from having to go use some kind of office template uh, and mess with uh, customizing it every time. You go to FreshBooks, everything's pre-populated with your client. If you bill a client more than once, which you do, uh, and on top of that, if you tell them you heard about it on Tech News Today, you could win a cake. A real cake that a real you can cake. eat, and it's delicious. Uh, just let them know you heard about it on Tech News Today. Every week, FreshBooks gives away a birthday cake to one of your audience members, and it doesn't even have to be your birthday to win the cake. No. So the big win is getting e invoicing made easier and, and leaving more time for you to eat cake, and then the secondary win is having cake to eat. Right. As part of that time that you regain. You have the time to eat cake as slowly as you want. Right. If that's what you want to do. Our, and and it's a whole cake. You. You're not just eating a slice. No. It's an entire cake. We had one. I you. ate most of it that day, but there's it no was stipulation a whole cake. that you have to share. It's true. No. All right. On to the Senate passing on to a wider vote uh, the uh, Protect IP Act. The Senate Judiciary Committee unanimously advanced the act to the Senate floor. Protect IP is the next version of COICA. COICA was a bill uh, which says we want to give the government the opportunity to bring lawsuits against sites dedicated to infringing activities. Before this, uh, it would have to be a civil matter. Uh, we want to give uh, the government the ability to obtain court orders to require search engines to stop linking to infringing activities. want to give the Department of Justice court orders demanding ISPs stop rendering DNS for a website, whether it's in the United States or not, if it's found to be infringing. And we want to give rights holders uh, the ability to seek court orders instructing online ad services and credit card companies to end partnerships with infringing sites. All of this is still in the Protect IP Act. Uh, well, the only thing they changed from COICA is to narrow the definition of what an infringing site is. Yeah, the infringing site. So from the statute, it's an internet site dedicated to infringing activities, meaning an internet site that has no significant use other than engaging in, enabling, or facilitating the reproduction, distribution, or, or public performance of copyrighted works. And it goes on pretty much saying, if your site is dedicated to this, which means there sounds like there's a real easy workaround against this law, by the way, if you're dedicated to this illegal activity, you can be taken down. Well, the other side of it, though, is, is if you can uh, make an argument that that YouTube, for instance, is predominantly pirated stuff, uh, which, you know, that was the argument Viacom was making against YouTube back mm -hmm. a few years ago when they took them to court. You could get them shut down without having to ha go through a court case. The Viacom YouTube court case has been going through the courts now for five or six years. But under this law, YouTube would already be shut down. Well, I guess it really turns on dedicated. 
right? Is it your intent? Does that matter in this particular case? Because if, if YouTube's intent was, look, we just wanted to host your content. And that's the entire Viacom case. Right. And so instead of having a five or six year case to determine that, they would have one judge sitting there going, yeah, looks like it's dedicated that to me. Well, that's the thing is YouTube is a, I mean, it's an example where we say, obviously some people have copyright issued um, issues with videos that they upload onto YouTube, but that's not the point of YouTube. But a smaller video sharing site, for example, another company could be their rival and want to take them down for whatever reason. And now they're not necessarily going through all the governmental change that they should be because they have a vested interest in ruining this other company and it gets messy. Yeah. Well, Critic, critics include Google's chairman, Eric Schmidt, uh, obviously because they own YouTube, who says the legislation threatens free speech by providing the government with a simple and effective way of silencing critics. Just brand them copyright pirates. Uh, get a friendly judge, you know, you're the, the, the analog of an East Texas judge for patents for copyright infringement and rubber stamp this stuff. You can turn off any website you want. Now, your fear is based on abusing this law, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, if somebody's, at, let's say you're an actual rights holder. Well, and, my and, fear isn't so much on abusing the law as uh, the interpretation of what an infringing site is. But, but, but that that's, leads to abusing the law. What's going to happen law, is yeah. you're going to have lawyers arguing this forever. I mean, that, that's, that's why the case has taken so long in Viacom. But, I mean, if this is actually passed and and this is the case if you're a rights holder theoretically somebody's ha somebody is using your content without your permission you can't earn any money on that so that's the actual theory they want to quickly remove that because otherwise you're waiting and waiting and waiting for the government to do something mm -hmm. now can this be abused probably lots of laws are abused so i i mean on the other side, I don't know if... I'm not saying I advocate this law at all. I'm just trying to make some sense out of it. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon uh, has put the uh, Protect IP Act on hold. As a senator, he has the privilege to do that. He would have to be outvoted by 60 other senators to take it off hold. Uh, and he did the same thing to the COICA bill, by the way. Wyden said today he's not willing to muzzle speech and stifle innovation and economic growth in the name of fighting online piracy. And I think what Wyden's pointing out is it's not just the interpretation of the law and what actually goes to court. It's the chilling effect this would have of companies saying, look, we don't want to go afoul of the law, so we're just not going to do this right. just in case. We see that with copyright all the time regarding fair use. Fair use is a defense. And if you're looking at this saying, you know what, I don't have the money to defend myself. I'm not going to make fair use of this because I don't want to end up having to go to court to defend myself. You know, Eric Schmidt's, uh, his position that, you know, government uh, uh, criticism, uh, you just brand them as copyright pirates and this would be an effective way to silence them. I mean, they still have to be pirating copyrights. You know, just because you're, you're critical of the government doesn't mean that this is something that could be used to silence you. And the other weird thing is that if there are really copyright issues, the DMCA allows these private holders to take these sites down and actually say to search engines, don't link to this. So this We is already see ICE going around getting DNS blocks under current so law this might as be it is. very unnecessary. Like, it's duplicating a lot of things. Peter, do you have so, a position yeah, that way? Well, this, this also has the, you know, the, 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 the implication of, of taking down stuff like, you know, Amazon's cloud services and Dropbox and a whole bunch of stuff that people have just sort of grown accustomed to getting used. And... Uh, Obviously, you know, if that happened, it would be really detrimental to um, not just the livelihoods of the people who are affected by it, but, you know, just the, the way that uh, consumers have sort of come to expect to use the Internet and uh, devices connected to it. So I think it's got a lot of long-ranging implications. I don't want to see this thing 
uh, go through it all. Yeah, I think it has a lot of, well, whether they're unintended or not is debatable, but it has some unintended consequences that they're, they're not using in their justifications of why we need this law. And frankly, I don't think we need this law. I don't think that the uh, industry is in such perils that we need to take such drastic action uh, as to stop linking. I, in fact, I don't think any law should stop linking. It should never be illegal to link to anything. It may be illegal to host something or or serve something, but just to say, hey, that thing is over there shouldn't be illegal. To me, that's a, a fundamental free speech issue. Well, it, it runs afoul of the whole fair, you know, fair use doctrine as well. So, you know, it's just terrifying impl implications there. Also uh, going on over in Europe, uh, the Council of Europe issued a new draft resolution and report on device radiation safety today. It wants its 47 member nations to adopt a precautionary principle Resolution 8.3.2 of the draft says that European countries should ban all mobile phones, DECT phones, or Wi-Fi or WLAN systems from classrooms and schools as advocated by some regional authorities, medical associations, and civil society organizations. Because we just don't know if they're harmful yet. Yeah. And we should use the precautionary These principle. These are children. Keep what, this radiation from Wi-Fi away from children. So all of the classrooms who have kind of gone forward as far as technology goes, where kids have computers and iPads at their desk and that sort of thing, none of that's going to work anymore. Once you turn off the Wi-Fi, don't want them to be using 3G either. No. That's Actually, dangerous. Well, you know, that's a good point. 3G blankets entire areas, so they probably ought to erect Faraday cages over all schools. Maybe just... <laughs> that's precautionary. That's a, just that's a great idea. Well, maybe in cities where there are children, just turn off the 3G. And don't forget the... I think at t may already Don't forget the economic <laughs> benefit here. People are going to be wiring their computers again, okay? We're going to have Ethernet in classrooms instead of this silly Wi-Fi. You know what that is, Ayaz? It's a tripping... Um, Hazard? Yeah. Mm, there are going to be kids issue. breaking so their legs left and right because of these wires. Issue, then think no they wireless ought to think about no that, wire. too. Oh, Council to, of Europe, listen up. Got to have to build channels, then, for these wires to make right. sure people underground don't Right, underground sort of mole passageways. In all seriousness, uh, you know, sadly, this is you a, a being re serious there. A real... <laughs> no, that's why. That's why I'm, I'm delineating. Uh... There are people who really fear this and, and claim that there is a, you know, a sensitivity to radiation. Wi-Fi radiation is essentially no different physically than light other than frequency, although there's high-frequency light. Uh, you know, X-rays are light. Radio waves are light. So just calling it radiation doesn't tell you what kind of radiation it is. And up till now, there has been absolutely zero evidence that this is harmful. But they addressed that in the summary for the draft. Waiting for high levels of scientific and clinical proof can lead to very high health and economic costs, as was the case in the past with asbestos, leaded petrol, and tobacco. So, I mean, if you wait long enough, apparently, the results... Well, will... it goes on to say these devices appear to have more or less potentially harmful non-thermal biological effects on plants, insects, and animals. I, get, I may be missing it. But I have never heard of any non-thermal effect being proven. In fact, people who say they have sensitivity to Wi-Fi radiation uh, have gone in for studies. And in blind tests, when you don't tell them that the Wi-Fi is either on or off. They don't know. They can't. The, the symptoms do not appear. So it's all psychosomatic. Possibly. And that's exactly the... Um uh, the, the point of a response that occurs in, in, in this thread here at Ars Technica that is just absolutely beautiful. After establishing his, uh, his or her 
um, uh, bona fides as an expert in hazard assessment. They said, no one has, to my knowledge, demonstrated a solid link between low power, non-ionizing radiation, and significant, potentially lethal long-term biological effects. I get a headache is whiny anecdote, not data. You know, I mean, this point cannot be overemphasized enough. Yeah. You know, the, the data just isn't there to support it right now. You know, unlike things like climate change, you know, things that we actually well, know climate about. Climate change is just a theory. <laughs> well, like it, gravity. Well, it is. If you it use is the argument theory. like, what if something like this happens to be another asbestos crisis and people are getting cancer and they're very sick? It's like, well, you know, that could apply to so many things that are new that we right. don't have 30 years of data to cover. And to There's say kids shouldn't be able to use Wi-Fi in schools because we just don't know if something catastrophic might happen down the road is limiting. Talk about limiting creativity. I'd like this band well, to be just, in theaters. Really, that's just it. You know, the, the, there's there's a tipping point where overcaution ends up becoming sort of ludditeism, mm -hmm. you know, or luddism. You you just you cannot make it work. There, there's you know, a, you've there's, got to, at some point or another you've got to progress technology and 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 the human race has to evolve with it. That's what we do as toolmakers. And and there's a place for the precautionary principle where there is significant uh, doubt. I would say sure. I don't I don't think cell phone radiation effect on the phone is going to turn out to be very high. I don't think that. But there is some scientific data indicating there might be a correlation. And in that case, I say, good, then we should say, you know what? We advise people to use headsets because we just don't know yet. That's a place for the precautionary principle. Wi-Fi, on the other hand, there isn't a shred of evidence saying that there is any harm from this. So saying, you know what, I'm just illogically afraid that there might be someday and we're just missing it is not a basis for law. Amen. All right. Let's move on to Sony doing some good finally. It's not a hack of the day. Sony is doling out their identity protection. Uh, there's a short form on the PlayStation website where you can distribute activation codes for a free year of Debix All Clear ID Plus Identity Theft Protection. I'm so glad that I signed up for the PlayStation Network and never changed my credit card number uh, when it expired because I'm pretty sure that even if they have my credit card, that that one won't work anymore, and I still get a free year of Debix All Clear ID Plus Identity Theft Protection. There you go. Offer good for all United States PSN and Curiosity account holders. They still have yet to roll out their plans for the other areas of the world. You have until June 28th to activate it, and each user is insured for up to one million dollars on so, the other hand are people pissed off about this are they going to stop using the playstation network no GameSpot had a had a uh, survey and apparently they, they surveyed 2285 people and 35 percent said that the trust was not affected 28 percent said they'll change info if they share that, that they share and 23 percent said they trusted sony more wait <laughs> Okay, that's an odd option. Maybe they just weren't really paying well, attention. Well, no, the, the principle there is, well, now that they've gone through all of this, they're actually probably they're, they're a, yeah. a, a tighter, safer company than they were before. Yeah, theoretically. I, sort, I, I can sort of see that as being a more logical answer than continuing to trust but them. apparently you can't tick off PlayStation users at all. Well, 14% of them are ticked off. They say they don't trust Sony at all. Well, Maybe they didn't have. trust Sony in the beginning, they're but probably, they were still those users. Those are probably exactly the those same are the Xbox like, users. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't trust anybody anymore. I think you have to acknowledge also that you know that that uh, GameStop looking at its its user base is sort of a, a self-selecting group of people as well. Sure. You uh, know, it, I, I don't necessarily think that people buying their games at you know Target or Walmart are going to feel the same way. 
2,285 GameSpot users. GameSpot is, is, users, is a, sorry. Is a good, well, it's, it's, a good, it's a good error, you know, correction base. you got a lot of different perspectives there. But, it, but there is one piece of self-selection, which is I'm a person who likes GameSpot. Uh, so, well, you know, exactly. IDG, exactly my point. It's a very bloggers, select group. casual users, who knows? Although, I would, you know, just anecdotally, I would figure the GameSpot users would be that more angry, would be the angrier mm-hmm. group. So this surprises yeah. me even a little more. Yeah, but people who are experienced with Sony products are used to Sony kind of being idiotic about stuff like this. I mean, remember the, uh, you know, the, the DRM stuff from Sony a few years ago? And you didn't like your free root kit with your music? Yes. Free root it was kit a with music, yeah. You know, the, or the Walkman just in general. Or, it comes with you know, they make a digital music format, A-Track, hello? Oh, I still love that format that I play all the time. <laughs> the Sony Walkman MP3 player. Yeah. I mean, HX player. These are the sorts of things. I mean, the Sony hack, I mean, we even made a bumper out of it. It's like, it was a really big story for a long time, but assuming that is this is kind of wrapping up, Sony's making good on its promises to increase security and compensate people for their troubles and their money. Uh, this is the sort of thing that it will fade away. And if people really like the PlayStation Network, then that's really what they're concerned about. It's up. I want to use it. Yeah, somebody, I'm going to continue being a customer. Somebody's going to screw up with that with credit card information again, and and this will be forgotten. And yeah, that's usually this is like the way this, this is like the third biggest one, and we forgot the other ones already. Finally, Envision's Computer Entertainment Corporation announced today their planned fall release of the Evo Two console, which uses Android as its operating system. Will retail for two hundred forty nine dollars. Have a Samsung one point two gigahertz processor, five twelve mega DDR two memory, and a modified to Android two point two operating system. You can pre order right now at envisionsinc.com. But what do you think about the idea of saying, look, Android's got some good games now. Let's turn it into a game console. I don't think it's any different than, you know, using AirPlay to to send Angry Birds to your TV. I think the price is a little high. $250 for an Android device that's just a a game console. It's a little bit iffy because you can get some serious power. You You can get get the Nintendo Wii for cheaper than that. Right. But, I mean, you can get, like, probably get a used Xbox 360 or a used PlayStation 3 or they probably have a stock of them available. But uh, I like the idea of using Android for more than just, you know, just phones. But then again, wasn't... Wasn't Google working on making uh, all Android the same again, like the, with with ice cream sandwich? So why would you use Android 2.2 instead of like a future thing? Uh, because they can't use Android 3.3 yet because it's not open sourced. Oh, because they're still closed. now. Why they wouldn't use Android 2.3? I'm not sure. But uh, the the question remains: Do you want to play mobile games on a big screen? Well, it's how it's going to translate to a lot. I mean, if it's a touchscreen interface. It could be a problem. Yeah. I mean, unless the controller, maybe you could use an Android device again as a controller, a, mm-hmm. a touchscreen device so that that would translate right. well. This uh, will come with uh, an Evo TV remote, a game controller, and an HDMI cable. Right there, that might make it worth it. Most game consoles don't give you a free HDMI cable. It know. seems to me like it's a it would be a good feature for the phones themselves to have, but to have a dedicated device that you're console. Bought, console that you're paying two hundred and fifty dollars for to play the same games that if you have an Android phone you can play on there too. It just kind of seems way overpriced. And on top of that, Google TV is going to be able to do some of this stuff too, and that's yeah, that right. has other services built in. So yeah, what, what other applications will you try to use? I think this is actually going to be used a lot like like a hacker box. Like you can play with this thing, and it will be yeah. able, you will be able to root it uh there's there's no they're not trying to lock it down or anything so it it may make its make its name that way all right let's move on to the news fuse 
As indicated earlier this week, Sony announced a fiscal year 2011 loss of $3.2 billion on revenue of $88 billion, but they expect a much rosier 2012, hoping for revenue of $90 billion and profit this time of $963 million. The loss in 2011 is attributed to a write-down of expenses and the effects of the March earthquake. The positivity for 2012 is based on projected LCD TV sales and the new NGP portable console portable game console that they're going to come out to replace the PSP. Sony said they expect their music division and their network division, that's where the PlayStation Network is, uh, to not do so well in 2012. All right, I'm going to read you a legal statement about somebody, and then you're going to guess who that somebody is. I love is. this game. Okay, ready? Plaintiff is an inveterate scam artist. Jason whose Misconduct, oh. no, extends across decades and borders. Tom Merritt. It was just in Canada. I mean, it could apply to both of you guys, <laughs> but in this case, it actually applies to Paul Seglia. If you don't know who Paul Seglia is, remember, he's the guy who claims that he owns 50% of Facebook. The statement is part of Facebook's response to Seglia's lawsuit. Also in the response, Facebook rather unsurprisingly disputes Seglia's claims of ownership. Yeah, they didn't just insult him. They said, oh, yeah, he's, he doesn't own he, it either. He's, he's, yeah, he's an idiot and he doesn't own 50% of Facebook. Nothing can stop the Samsung Galaxy S from taking over Japan, not Godzilla, not Mothra, and not even the Apple iPhone. The Android-powered smartphone outsold the iPhone in the first quarter of this year. This is the first time an Android device has toppled the iPhone in Japan. All right, so Barnes & Noble said their newest Nook had battery, battery life than Kindle, then Amazon's changed its math to show that the Kindle had similar battery life to the Nook. Now Barnes & Noble says that the Simple Touch reader's battery life under continuous usage lasted twice as long <laughs> as a Kindle 3. Amazon? Your turn. The invite for the Sprint Motorola event scheduled for June 9th was sparse on details, but Techno Buffalo reports that the two will launch the Photon 4G. Set photons to 4G. Yes, it will run Android using a Tegra 2 processor along with a 4.3-inch QHD display. Oh, and it's also rumored to be like the Atrix, so you'll be able to dock the phone and use it as a laptop. Remains to be seen, but interesting idea. Apple's iPhone PR team is reaching out to journalists, telling them to attend WWDC. Of course, that started a whole set of rumors that there's going to be an iPhone at WWDC. The consensus is that Apple will unveil the iPhone 4S with the internals, like the processor, getting an upgrade while the design will stay pretty much the same. Don't need to buy that. Less than 10 days ago, Intel CEO said they won't produce ARM chips because the royalty fee would eat into the company's profits. Apparently, he didn't tell Intel CFO Stacy Smith about that. Smith said Intel would be open to making non-Intel chips if the right client came along. Let the speculation restart that Intel will make ARM chips for Apple. According to a report from the Interactive Advertising Bureau, advertisers bought $7.3 billion worth of online advertising in the first quarter of this year. That's an increase of 23% year over year. Bad news for Yahoo, though. IDC reports that Google is now the leader in the online display market, knocking Yahoo off the throne for the first time. Does Yahoo have any thrones anymore? Maybe. I think Carol Bartz keeps it in her office. She has a throne. Uh, she has the throne. Just... Mm -hmm. uh, she plays the game of thrones. Um, that's where she flips off everybody. It's one of those $6,000 toilets from Japan. <laughs> that's where Yahoo's profits are going. They're all going into the toilet. So true. On to the randomizer. Randomizer. Every year, Mark Zuckerberg sets himself a new challenge. Last year, it was to learn Chinese. I don't know if he achieved it. I assume he did. Yeah, he had uh, a lot of help with that. He learned some Chinese. But now, he's determined to get in touch with his food... Uh, he is pursuing a new personal challenge, saying the only meat he's eating is from animals he kills himself. 
So he is going to get a hunting license or... Apparently well, he must. He's well, become, okay. this is going to be a scoff law. Right, he's become the like, predator, effectively. Yeah. So he's running around. He's become Ted Nugent, really. Zucker Nuge. <laughs> well, like Ted Nuge is a big, like, I only right. eat the animals I kill. It's yeah. not like he's showing up to G8 with a gun, all right? It's a, I don't know if he's like Ted Nugent in that way. Ted Nugent kind of shows, shows up everywhere. Are you saying he's, he's more like uh, interview with the vampires? Like, oh, I don't want to kill the big animals. I'll just eat rats. So he's just... Well, I have a simple question. What happens when Zuckerberg develops a taste for human flesh? And who says it already hasn't? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, I mean, that's a crazy challenge. internet billionaire. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could set up his own island and stock it with humans and then hunt them for sport and eat them one at a time. Patricia, come into my office. <laughs> or, you know, maybe if again. we see him wearing, you know, this long fur coat, we'll be like, well, you know, he did kill that buffalo with his bare hands. So it's if a I see look him, for him. He's using the whole beast. If I see him dancing around to with his junk tucked between his legs in a kimono, dancing to Goodbye Horses by uh, Lazarus Keel, I'm running. <laughs> I'm already running. We're all ready. <laughs> it, it, it puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. That's where I draw the That's line. That's next okay? year's challenge. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, let's move on to the calendar. Amazon is repeating that whole Lady Gaga album for 99 cents deal. And this time they say... They have proper server allocation. They're ready for you, little monsters. It's going to be okay. Tom, did you ever figure out if you could access your Lady Gaga album? I, I never bothered, but I do have my 20 gigs, so oh, I'm good. So it's all, yeah. it's all good. Well, if for whatever reason it didn't work the first time, you have a second chance. I got my, I got my space. All right. That's all I need. You don't, I know you don't want to admit that you want the Lady Gaga album, but I'm just... I was I just born this to, way. Okay, I just want you to know that you can still have your album. I must have gotten in under the wire because I had no problems downloading Gaga's new album yesterday. Some people did. Some people didn't have any problems. A lot of people did. Today, executives from AT&T and T-Mobile visited Capitol Hill for the second time in a month. And shockingly, they haven't changed their minds. They still think the merger is a really good idea. They didn't convince everybody, though. Representative Ed Markey said, AT&T and Verizon have divided the nation into Bell East and Bell West. They don't need to be bringing T-Mobile into this mess. Microsoft Windows Chief Steve Sanofsky will show Microsoft's upcoming tablet software based on Windows 8 at the All Things Digital D9 conference next week, according to sources who spoke to Bloomberg anyway. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, and, I, you know, that backs up what Balmer was saying the other day about... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's playing. My Lady Gaga is working. Oh, good. Um, yeah. No, what Balmer was saying about Windows 8 that, that was then awesome. uh, corrected by the uh, PR person... I mean, if they're going to be showing Windows 8 at All Things D, that PR, yeah, it's ready. It's ready for 2012. Come yeah. on, just, well, just admit. Well, let's hope. Move on to the email TNT at twit.tv. First email from Paul Clements or Clements from Exeter, Devon in the UK. Hi TNT crew. Tom asked me to email this link about the latest WHO figures for suicide rates in China and other countries compared to the rate within Foxconn. Um, he did provide a link. Uh, the link gives you the figures for 2009. Uh, and essentially, uh, the most recent figures they have for China are 1999. Uh, but if you remember, I, I was saying uh, in response to an email that the per capita death rate in the United States is not a good comparison to Foxconn's right. Chinese plant. Mm -hmm. uh, I wondered what the Chinese rate was. Chinese rate in 1999 was 13 males per 100,000, 14.8 females per 100,000. That's, so that's 27.8 people. Uh, in 2010, Foxconn had 14 suicidal deaths out of 1 million employees. That's a rate of 
1.4. So it is significantly smaller than the general population of China. Right. So we got an email from Semyon Kanovich. I apologize if I said that Semyon wrong. Semyon Kanovich. Dear TNT team, I heard many times on Twitter that Social Network movie is factually inaccurate. So my question is, where can I find a real story or what is the most accurate book? Love the show and say hi to Leo. Plus, Hi, Leo. He's Ukrainian. Leo. I s- said I should have tried a Slavic accent. I, uh, I the Accidental that. Billionaires by Ben Mesrich is the book that the movie was based on loosely. Uh, I, as I understand it, the, the details in the book are actually factual and that they, they messed with them for the movie. you got to dramatize things. For you could also, as, uh, as Peter pointed out in prep, you could also just go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia, or you could check out just Google News Timeline. Yeah. Just take a look. Finally, uh, good news for users of Shaw in Canada. Tyler pointed out to us that they have, in response to the anger over bandwidth caps, done some customer consultations and come up with new plans that start with a 400 gigabyte data cap and go all the way up to unlimited. The 400 gigabyte cap will cost you $59 a month when you bundle it with TV. The 100 megabit plan with unlimited data costs $120 a month, and that plan will eventually be increased to 200 megabits per second for the same $120. Compare that to the old plans where 50 megabits per second with a 175 gigabyte cap cost you $100 a month. Shaw is actually winning the internet in Canada. They've, they've changed their plan. I, I good good on you, Shaw. Well done. All right, that's it for this edition of Tech News Today. Uh, real real pleasure to have you on the show, Peter. Thanks for being on. Thank you very much for having me. It was great. Let folks know about the the stuff that you do and where they can find you on the internet. Executive editor at the Loop LoopInsight.com. We're an Apple uh, uh, analysis and, and news site. Um, I'm also co-host of Angry Mac Bastards at AngryMacBastards.com. Be careful. We wrote, we work blue. That means we use nasty language. Um, and I also because you're so angry. Indeed, indeed. Write a column for uh, ZDNet called Gamification. All right. Check that out and more. That's it for us. You can find us on the web at twit.tv slash TNT. You can email us, tnt at twit.tv, or give us a call. Use the phone. Leave a voicemail. Make it short. Make it good. We need some good voicemails. Keep them under 30 seconds. 260-TNT-SHOW if you're up to the challenge. We'll see you tomorrow.